0: Acts chapter 27, verse 14. Find your place, say amen. amen. But not long after, there arose again against it a tempestuous wind called Eurycladon. And when the ship was called and could not bear up unto the wind, we let her drive. And run under a certain island, which is called Cladia. we had much work to come by the boat, which when it had taken up, they used helps in undergirding the ship, and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Verse number 20 is my text verse. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. My, what a, what a verse. When the storm is so bad, you can't see the stars. You can't see the sky or the sun and all hope is taken away. But notice what verse 21 says, but after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And I exhort you by the Uh, to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For thou stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, for thou must be brought to Caesar, and, lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. I'm glad that when we are in the storm. Praise God. God's in control. Tonight, I'm going to... I've got nine points. I thought about (laughs) dividing it up in the two sermons, but I changed my mind. I'll I'll just keep you here to 12 o'clock. May it worthwhile for you? No, I'm not going to do that either. I'm just kidding. we got nine points. I'm going to give them to you Fast. Someone has said this, either you're going into a storm or you're in the middle of a storm or you're coming out of a storm. Tonight, with the help of God, I want to give you nine principles to do how to survive a storm. Paul, perhaps the greatest, we ain't prayed yet, let's pray and ask the Lord to help us. Brother George, how about praying? Amen. Paul, being perhaps the greatest Christian there was among humans, God used him in most of the New Testament, (coughs) found himself here in Acts in the storm of his life. Eurachlodon simply means cyclone. He he was in a storm. This wasn't a shower. This was a storm. And the apostle Paul found himself in the midst of the storm. And the Bible says, when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, they literally lost all hope. But there's one on this ship that will make a difference, and he survived the storm. So let me give you, I'm going to jump right in. Let me give you these nine principles, and you ought to write them down. And the reason I say you ought to write them down Because your storm could be right around the corner. Your storm could be next week. Your your storm could be when you least expect it. And so you would do well to know how to survive the storm. Number one, refrain from fighting the storm. Refrain from fighting the storm. But not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eurachlodon. you realize you don't have control of the storms? Last week we had a storm. My goodness, it rained and it flooded. And there's one thing about it, nobody could do nothing to control it. If it chose to... To, uh, enough rain fell that it began to flood roads, and all they could do was stop traffic. They could not control the storm. My, th- tonight, you might be in a storm of sickness. And, and let me say this, I don't care how much you uh, uh, lather on the uh, the stuff and... and uh, a sanitizer and how many how much effort you make to try to keep them get sick guess what you're going to get sick you're going to get sick all of us get sick It might be a storm of sickness it might be a storm uh, uh, that that somewhere that but the reality is we cannot control the storm the storm was a supernatural event there's nothing you or I can do to stop a storm once it starts. Now, it might start like a soft breeze It did in thir- verse 13. And when the soft wind blew softly, supposing that they have obtained their purpose, loose and dense, they sailed close by a creed. But once the wind started blowing, it's beyond our control. There are some things, there are some things life will hand you that you are liter- that's literally out of your control and you do well not to, to fight the storm. Now a lot of people they, they fight the storm they're always fighting the storm but Lord, you can't control that. Number two, remove unnecessary baggage. And when, and we've been exceedingly tossed. With the tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. And notice Hebrews 12, 1, Wherefore, seeing we're all so compassed about, with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Boy, in the middle of a storm, it's time to clean out the clutter. And I love this. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. The Bible says in verse 19, and the third day we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. Sometimes in the midst of the storm, you're going to make the hard decisions and you've got to take ownership and just make the hard choices. And uh, I, I wish life could hand us being easy and we could sail into heaven on the good ship lollipop. Now I'm gonna tell you we're on the old ship of Zion, she's a battleship, and it's hard sometimes, but sometimes we just have to take the ownership and make some hard decisions. The a storm is a great time to evaluate your priorities. A storm's a good time to clean house. When you can't see, now listen, when you can't see the horizon or the sun or the stars, then you take care of what you can't see. And it's a good time to get rid of baggage. I've I pastored long enough, and uh, I'm amazed. Uh, I've, I've seen people visit our church, And I'm glad they visited. I'm thankful they visited. But when they come, they had an invisible transfer truck. They pulled it behind them. They parked it at the front. You know what's in it? Their baggage. They're loaded down with baggage. Life's hard. Life's hard. It is really hard when you're carrying baggage. Boy, storms is a good time for you to turn loose a baggage. Or, number three, I'm going quickly now. Retreat to your prayer closet. I'm glad, hallelujah, I'm glad there was one, and it appears there's just one on the ship that could pray. But after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not loose from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. If your storm forces you to your knees, then that's good. As a matter of fact, if a storm Will drive you till you close it to pray. That's good. We took this, when when I started pastoring in this little white church, and uh, for the first three or four years, I would pray constantly for this. I prayed. I pray now, but then I mean every night. And to be honest with you, I was praying. God changed some stuff in the church. I ain't proud of this. I'm really not. But on a couple of occasions, I said, Lord, we may just need one of them opening the earth things that swallowing some people up. I'm ashamed. I, I shouldn't have played that. God knows my heart. It's, it wasn't right. But I said, you did it before to the children of Israel. Maybe you want to do it again. But what I found after four years of play, about three or four years of playing, God did change the people in the church. God changed me. And the one that needed to be changed was me, not the people in the church. Matter of fact, some of that crowd, God never did change. Ain't still ain't changed. And I don't know that ever changed. The reality was, but a storm drove me to pray. If your storm hadn't forced you into your prayer closet, it isn't much of a storm. You're not in a storm. But if your storm has forced you to your knees, it will, and it, it, it's one of the best things that happen. Notice what Paul said after a long absence, I, I caught my attention. This one lay me down to sleep prayer. He didn't go to pray for God for five minutes and jump up and walk out. No, no, no. You have to understand something. Paul's, along with the rest of them, is in the storm of his life. And he's gotten along with God. And after long absence, my, he didn't pray a few minutes. He, he, he's spending some time in there with the Father. I mean, as a matter of fact, I got a hunch that he stayed till God gave an answer. See, many times we pray short prayers, but boy, in the storm, it's not the time to pray short prayers. It's a time to get to God and stay and stay until he gives an answer. Psalmist said in Psalms fifty-five, sixteen. As for me, I will call upon the Lord, God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon I will pray, and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He had delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there was many with me. Verse 22 He said, Cast thy burden upon the Lord. He shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Paul survived the storm because Paul fasted and prayed for a long time. I won't ask you to shove your hands, but have you ever fasted? Don't get alarmed. Fasting's not difficult. Fasting is just pushing away from the table instead of eating food, going along, getting along and talking. It is the ideal. It is the ideal of this. My storm is so great. I've got to have God's help more than I've got to have food for my stomach. Have you ever fasted? If you've never fasted, you ought to do it one time. Not only did he fast, but he prayed. Matthew 17, 21. Howbeit this goes not out but by prayer and fasting. He said in Mark 9, 29, and he said to them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. There are some things God will not do without these. He said, There's some things. There's some things. What was the thing? His disciples, a man had his son was uh, uh, possessed by a demon. he came come to the disciples and said, why couldn't we heal him? And Jesus said, there's some things cannot but by prayer and fasting. It is, it is separating some fleshly body and I love to eat. I didn't know if you knew that. I just, I do. And, and, but it's separating his fleshly body alone to get along with God and say, God, we need something. I would have loved to have sat in that meeting and heard him pray. I read of biographies of men, great men that prayed. And there have been some men that that could get prayed beyond imagination. I recall that one, and uh, they uh, had two men. Had two men. My mind's blank. I was trying to think of who those two men were. Help me out. No. Uh, a, a evangelist, they they preached, and he had one man on one side and one man on the other side. Oh, uh, anyway, I it was Finney was the man, but he had uh, had we have one man on one side, and he would have one man over here on the other side, and they would pray. God empower the men of God, and when they would pray, uh, literally one of these men died, and Finney never did preach another message after that. He knew the power of prayer, but in the storm retreat to your prayer calls. It one of the first things you ought to do. But instead of that, a lot of times we fight the storm instead of running to Jesus in the midst of the storm. Number four. Number four. Reassess your choices. Reassess your choices. But after long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Let me tell you what Paul's saying. What Paul was saying, and I don't believe he's been, you you don't spend that time with God. I have preached this before. Paul said, well, I told you so. That's not what Paul's doing he had been in the throne room with God. That's not what he's doing. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, "Fellers, we're well, in the midst of this storm. It's a good time for us to look around and realize we made a good cho- bad choice. In the midst of your storm, it's a good time to look around and say, and learning, man, that was a bad choice. Don't beat yourself up. But in the midst of the storm, it's a time to look around. Are you listening? It's time to look around and say, I made a bad choice there. That I want to learn something. I want to learn something. It's a good time for us to learn See, some storms are brought on by our failures. Storm's a good time to look back and see what I might have could done differently. Storms is a good time to learn. Just because the storm is out of your control doesn't mean you can't learn from the past mistakes. Let me stop here and just say this. I pity and feel sorry for you if you're here in this way. (laughs) I've never made no mistakes. I'll never do wrong. I feel sorry for you. I pity you. I pity you because you're dooming your life to a life of misery because you're not going to go through this thing and not blow it, not mess up, I mean, do some stupid stuff. You look back and say, my Lord, what was I thinking? And the reality is, we're not all going to get this thing right. And, but if you can be a person that can look back and learn from that, and, and it'd be a, a, a time to learn something and say, man, I ain't going to do that no more. I, I mean, you remember he haw I mean, remember he I was, has a long time ago one. And you know, uh, the doctor, would go to that doctor and say, listen, when I do this, my arm hurts. He said, okay, here's the remedy. Don't do that! If you, if you uh, uh, blow it and, and you make a mistake and you make a mess, then learn from it. Don't let it be something that you blame others or, or blame this or blame that. Reassess your choices. Boy, we're getting along quickly. Number five, remember who you belong to. Oh, I love this. For there stood by me, Paul said, this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Now, most people believe that's a theophany. A physical appearance of Jesus. Doesn't that bless your heart to know men in the midst of that storm when the ship's going crazy, no stars, no sun, and Paul's a praying and he looks around and guess who's in the room with him? There stood by me an angel of the Lord. I love that. It was saying, as Paul said, I belong to God, and God is standing beside me. Isn't it amazing? In the midst of your storm, if you're a child of God, God's standing next to you. Paul did not regret what God had called him to do. By the way, because he's a servant of God's reason, he's in the storm. But he didn't blame God. He didn't say, Man, I would to God I was doing something else. I would to God I'd never gone this ship. I would to God I'd never served God. I wouldn't have been in this storm. No, no, no. He said, I know who I belong to. He was, and he was, he told them. In verse 9 and 10, and when much time was spent and when selling was now dangerous because the fast were now already past, Paul admonished him said, he said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only to the lady and the ship but also our lives. He had told them, man, you, you better not do this. But I want you to know here he says he remembered Who he belongs to? I'm glad tonight, in the midst of our storms, we can remember who we belong to. Number six, rely on God. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. And notice the next word, verse number twenty-five. Got your Bible? Look at it. Mark these three words. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. For And the next three words, what are they? I believe God. Mark those. I believe God. That it shall be as, even as it was told me. He said this. Paul said, verse 24, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given The all them that sail with thee. Paul said, God done told me. God's done told me. I'm going to Caesar's. I'm going to stand before Caesar. I'm going to Rome. God's done told me. And he said, I want you to know he's got a plan for me and a purpose for me. And he said, gentlemen, I'm just going to believe God. Now listen, he's believing God Right dead center of the storm. Right in the middle, when the waves are crashing, when when the winds, when the ship's going crazy, he's he said, he said, I believe God. Sometimes the key to getting through the storm is to I believe God. I love Mark 435. The Lord had told them. He said, now, next day, let us pass over to the other side. He told the disciples. And a storm came, And they were scared. And they were all out of frame. And they were all to pieces. But if they had just believed God, they would have known. They were going to the other side. They were going to the other side. May I remind you, we're going to the other side. Amen? We're going to the other side. Number seven. Rest in the anchor. And fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. Hebrews six seventeen says, Where in God willingly, more abundantly to show unto us the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel and confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, amen, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope, now notice, we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which entered into the, within the veil. God said, you ought to rest in the anchor. God said to cast four anchors and wish for the day lest they would crash against the rocks and be destroyed. He said he cast anchors. More sometimes in the midst of the storm, God says, cast ye anchor. Just throw ye anchor. What's that doing? That's just simply saying, God, this is yours. God, this is in your hands. You've got total control. If I'm left to myself, I'm going to crash and fly to pieces, but God will leave it in your control. I love that. Number eight. Don't miss this one. Very important one. Remain with the ship. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they let down the boats into the sea, under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Paul called some of the fishermen trying to flee, the shipmen trying to flee. Paul's words were very clear. In the midst of a storm, are you listening? In the midst of a storm, Is not the time to jump ship. In the midst of the storm, I mean, the storm might get scary. The The storm may be fearful. The storm may be a lot of things, but don't jump ship. Safest place you can be is in the ship. I've seen people in the midst of a storm I'm thinking about a family right now in the midst of a storm. And it was a storm like I'd never seen. Her son died in an accident. Her husband died in an accident. I mean, it was tremendous. And I watched as she jumped ship. To my knowledge, she's never got back in the ship since. I see her occasionally. She's very kind. But the truth is, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the storm, she jumps ship. Remain with the ship. Boy, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the storm, stay with the remaining ship. Stay with the ship. Oh, my goodness. It'll be life-changing. Then last of all, renew yourself with food. While the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take me, saying, this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Paul said, you've been fasting for 14 days. Gives you an idea on the storm. They were in this storm for 14 days or longer. I'd never understand. This wasn't an overnight thing. I've known people that's been in storms for months on end. And so the reality was, he said, wherefore I pray you take some meat for this is for your health, that there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. He said, you're going to need strength. Boy, there's time to pray and fast, but in the midst of the storm, there's time to take care of yourself, to, to take care of yourself physically. They would need to ship." And then when they had eaten, they threw what was left overboard. Don't miss this. There was enough food, though. Amen. They had enough to eat. During the time of a storm, don't neglect your Bible. Don't neglect being in the house of God and feeding on the Word of God. Don't neglect the meat of the Word of God. Because it's one thing to die in a storm. It's quite another to die from starvation while you're in a storm. To stay with the storm. The storm was bad. It was violent. It was long. It lasted many days. But you know what? Eventually the sun came out. And the Bible says in verse 44, and the rest, some on boards, some on broken pieces of the ship, and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to the land. Not a one was lost. They got to the other side. Let me give you these nine one more time. Refrain from fighting the storm. Remove unnecessary baggage. Retreat to your prayer closet. Reassess your choices. Remember who you belong to. Rely on God. Rest in the anchor. Remain with the ship and renew yourself with food. Got one question. Are you in a storm? Are you in a storm? If you are, be a good time just to run to Jesus. You see a storm coming. You see a storm on the horizon. Oh, be a good time. Be a good time. Be a good time to run to Jesus. Oh, you say, Ben, I just come out of a storm. It's been a hard. Run to Jesus. He'll help you. It's all stand to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are seeing, or are you in the midst of a storm? Oh, you?